As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by Shooter Magooter. Shoots, how are you tonight? Doing great. Um, weather's cooling off. Phillies are heating up. Eagles in training camp. Bravo on TV. Starting a new show. There's a lot going on and a lot of good things going on for us. Literally all I'm watching right now is the NFL Network and like training camp stuff and Bravo. Like that is the only thing on my docket and I'm 100% okay with that. Especially like it finally got a little bit chillier this week. Like there was a couple of evenings where like there was a little brisk breeze if you want to say mm-hmm. and i'm getting the bug i can't wait i'm like fall and get i'm fall ready I'm ready for some fucking football sundays and just like some fall weather some pumpkin shit like give me all of it no it is it is great i mean we have so much going on and look it's the preseason for us too like yeah we're getting geared up for a good fall of football on one tv bravo on the other tv and i'm excited i will say i'm a little pissed um, and I might not cut any videos together this week because you just came from dinner and are looking like Rico Suave and I'm in, you know, gray shorts and a fucking t-shirt and. Well, you know what it is, honestly, like, and my girlfriend even said this, she said, you wear a hat in every show. And I was like, so is Steel. And she's like, nope, Steel had a, you didn't have a bandana. You had a, uh. Oh, my daughter made me a headband. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. wore that. Yeah. I had a floral headband on. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, well, she did a fantastic job. I wanted to show off her artwork and maybe start an Etsy. There you <laughs> that go. That was my plug for my yeah. daughter. <laughs> yeah, everybody's got to have a little side gigs. Yeah. Um, you know why I actually made conscious decisions to take my hat off two times? I did it. That was purposeful. You know why? Why? So when I started working at the gym, after like three or four months, somebody came up to me and like, it was the first time I took my hat off. And they're like, oh, I thought you were bald. Oh my God. And I was like, oh fuck. I was like, is that a thing? And they're like, yeah. Like a lot of guys that are like losing their hair wear hats all the time. So I was like, oh shit. Like I have to consciously take my hat off in situations. If you watch some of our earlier videos on TikTok or like some of the clips we have, you will see me take my hat off at times and brush my hair back. Just to show people? 100%. That's 100% a conscious move. I don't have to. Funny. My hair is completely fine. It's tucked under the hat. It's good to go. I don't need to readjust it. I readjust it mm-hmm. intentionally to be like, hey, guys, I do have hair. Yeah, I did that a couple times, too, in the last couple of weeks now that I'm thinking about it. Yep, and I, I think it's unintentional. I think I just do it because my hair is growing out of control. Yeah. If you ask my girlfriend, she says that I have, she called me a mushroom mullet today. Um, so that one hurt Uh, you know take away from that one I immediately looked to see if I could get a haircut in before vacation no no haircuts available so you know it is what it is I'm just going to keep growing mullets are coming back mullets are coming back did you see the uh, the child mullet tournament the mullets were fantastic there were some really great mullets I love a good mullet yeah it's, it's I'm happy it's coming back I think it's great now the funny thing is Going out to the bars, like down the shore, there's a lot of kids walking around, like 22-year-old kids with mustaches and mullets. I had a mustache and long hair, 
And I'm like, fuck, do I just look like I'm trying to be young? Like, what is this oh, all about? Oh, you think you're trying to fit I, like, in? I, I wanted to Are go back. Are you having like a, like a quarter life crisis? I don't think so. I think I just did this on my own unironically. Or a third life crisis? Well, I guess we don't have to get into that. That it might is get weird. depressing. <laughs> and obviously you can say like the 80s are coming back. Top Gun's back. It's well, the new, 100%. It's the top movie of the summer. And mullets are back, so the 80s are fully back. I wore I jorts this. today. I literally wore jorts You today. wore jorts like two years ago, three years ago. You wear jorts all the time. One hundred, Yeah, dude. Well, the, that's my point. See, yeah. I've always been fucking in. Just people didn't know it yet. Yeah. I was cool before this shit was cool again. Uh-huh. I want you to remember that. Thank you for pointing that out. Well, it is. One of my friends wears um, like t-shirts, like band t-shirts, and it's always like something cool from the 80s or the 70s or whatever. And he has a Kate Bush t-shirt. Now, he's had this for months. Oh, really? Before and the Stranger before Things Before Stranger Things, yeah. So, in the beginning of Stranger Things, I asked him, like, are you worried that people are going to call you a poser? And he's like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm excited. I, I think that Kate Bush deserves this. Then halfway through the season, he's like, yeah, I mean, I had a Kate Bush shirt on. I went to a winery and somebody came over and was like, nice, Stranger Things. It's like, oh, that's a tough look. It is. Well, that's like, Poppy was born, like, Two months before the Trolls movie came out. Yeah. And then after the Trolls movie came out, everyone assumed that she was named after Princess Poppy, the that's troll. That's a tough look. And I was like, fuck you. Like, that's not. No, the troll was named after my daughter. My daughter. As my Theresa daughter. Would say. But um, yeah, you know, it's a good time for fashion. I'm fitting right in. So I'm, I'm thrilled. I do want to take it down to a. You know, a little bit of an emotional moment, if you will. I don't want to get too deep, but uh, we're about two hours away from August 18th, which is my four-year sobriety date, and I just wanted to... Hell yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's um, it's obviously a big milestone for me. I just wanted to share it on the air in case I have any fellow members in recovery or people trying to do so. Just yeah, I think say, you do. I Honestly, I think that when we do this, I think a lot of people appreciate it. Like when it's on TikTok too... You see a lot of people checking in, like congratulating you, talking about their own journey. And like, yeah. that's really what you want. Oh, absolutely. For I sure. love that I actually have a platform where I can speak to people and just say, you know, there's a lot of us out here. And I'm proud that as long as I don't fuck it up in the next two hours that I will have four years sober. And, uh, you know, for those of you that don't know, like Shooter and I went to high school together. We played baseball together. Like we were best friends for shit, 17 years now. Yeah. There was a gap in there where we didn't really talk for, what, six years maybe? Mm-hmm. And a lot of those years I was actively drinking and pretty bad. And you know, it got really bad towards the end. But to think now, like four years later, I'm sitting with you in my house back in Philly and we're recording a Brav Bros episode. like, And we're speaking you know, to thousands of people right now. It's just fucking incredible. And this is one of the things I'm most proudest of, I think. Because it's just a culmination of like a friendship. It's a culmination of just, it's a really cool moment. So I wanted to say that on the air. Thank you to all of our listeners. Like, this is a really fucking cool moment for me. And I'm trying not to cry right now. Yeah, I, I mean, don't want that on the air. But we'd hey. be nothing without the listeners. Yeah. I mean, without just, them coming in and taking the time to actually listen to us. And like you said, there's thousands out there now, which is wild to say it's out loud. It's fucking crazy. But I mean, it's great. And, you know, I don't know why you guys enjoy us. I think we're idiots, but yeah, we're here morons, we are. But we love you. Well, and we love you the same. <laughs> and we hope you love us the same. <laughs> but um, our boy Craig, my man got back in the gym. 
He's lost like 20 pounds. He's feeling good. He's excited to take his shirt off again. And I don't know if that's because of Paige or maybe he's just like realizing like, hey, I got to get in shape. Hopefully he did it for both of them. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's two ways to go about that where like you can either be the guy that gets fat in a relationship, breaks up and then gets back in the gym so that you can then, you know, attract another girl or another guy, if whatever you're doing. Or you can be the guy that's happy in his relationship and wanting better things for himself. And I think that's where Craig falls under. I do too. It's the same thing. I mean, we saw this two episodes ago where they were talking about like Craig dressing well. Like, oh, did your girlfriend dress you? Like, no, I'm just happy. And I appreciate looking good even when I have a girlfriend, especially for her. Like, that's who I want to look good for. So I think he's just genuinely happy and I get that. I do too. So I'm, again, I mean, we did this last week. We said that they were the best, the best relationship in all of Bravo. And I feel even more that way after this week's episode and hearing the news about Craig getting it back in the gym. And look, we love a bro who's just going to work on himself and get better. And that's what he's all about. Yeah, you got You love to see it. You know, you love to see a fellow Brav bro bettering himself. Moving on from that, um, we did have a pretty spicy rumor come out. And I want to dive into it because I want to get your take. Allegedly... Very allegedly, um, there's a rumor out there that Mo and Dorit had a little affair. Now, I don't know how credible it is. I have seen zero evidence um, other than like an Instagram post and like some claims. But how feasible do you think that is? Uh, So here's the thing. Do I think that they had something going on? I think it's super feasible. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why. I have them them being Dorit and PK. They're swingers. As well. Yep, swingers. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if it's exclusively with Kyle and Mo or if there's other people who pop in. I mean, Dorit's been talking about this guy that she wants to set up with Garcelle forever. Oh, do you think that maybe they Maybe he's involved and they want to pull Garcelle in. Maybe they want to pull in Crystal and her husband. Like, I don't know. But I have I, to believe that there are like rings of swingers throughout Beverly Hills. Probably a lot of famous people. Yeah. There has to be, right? I think they just live like that. And like, I mean, there's a lot of writing on the wall. There's a lot of rumors that come out with different people doing this and that and whatever. This seems pretty feasible to me. So yeah, I believe it. I don't think it was a full-blown affair. I think Kyle knows about it. And I think it was probably approved. I think that I'm going to, I'm going to take that same stance. I think that, if something did happen, and I think it's entirely in the realm of possibility, then I do believe that there were four consenting parties to this. At least. At least, if not more. So that's our theory, and we're sticking to it. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Swingers, baby. We're going to stand one way or another, yeah. right? <laughs> and then the last thing that I saw that I wanted to talk about... Um, there's rumors of next year's cast of uh, Rabha and who may or may not be there. Now there was one thing I saw, it said they're just like gutting the whole franchise and like starting from scratch, but that was quickly shot down. But there are a lot of people saying that they think Diana and Rinna are not getting asked back. Now I could definitely see both. Do I think that that's the only ones that need to be cut? No. Like, where do you stand? Like, who do you think needs to be... How do you change it up to make it more fun to watch, not as, like, dragging? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I caught, like, the tail end of last week's episode and watched Rinna cry again. And, I mean, it just looks so fake. But 
It looked faker this time. It looked faker this the time. The second time I watched it mm-hmm. than it did the first time I watched Mo- it. I think it's because we sat here and we talked about it. Like, Yeah, probably. Very extensively. And now I went back and I'm like, oh my God. I looked at fake. it from that perspective only. Yeah. And I was like, uh-huh. Like that. It's bullshit. It seemed very soap opery. It Absolutely. But I do think like, yes, one, I think Diana, unless she does something, dr- I mean, she had her weird storyline. Nobody cared. Move on. Unless she does something in Aspen, which I don't think is going to happen. No, the highlight's going to be Kathy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't really care if she comes back. Rinna would be a tough loss. I don't think Rinna should go as of yet. Like after one bad season, with her mom dying oh, or whatever. She's only had one bad one. She's, I mean, she's had a couple. I mean, but they've all kind of had like down seasons. I've agreed. I, I've it's agreed. It's just helpful. Jesus. Yeah. It's just helpful if some of the others like raise it up, whatever. So I, I think Rinna should stay. I mean, Crystal, it's tough, but she's not really... I know what she's going through, and like, I'm not going to minimize that. But she's not doing a whole lot as far as the housewife show goes. I've, I've honestly... I've changed my stance on her a little bit, which is I shocking. like her, but I, I don't do like too. her for the show. I don't know, because I feel like she's becoming more relatable because she's you know, bearing her soul for all to see right now. Mm-hmm. What you're getting is 100% genuine. Now, if she can carry that over and like, hopefully she starts to, you know, get better and she starts to feel better. And then we can see this like genuine crystal then start to have some fun and like be able to be a little bit less stressed and like enjoy herself. Then that might be a different person than we saw previously where she's, you know, trying to force narrative. She's trying to be relevant. She's trying to mm-hmm. be a quote unquote housewife. And now you're getting a peek behind the door where you're like, wow, when she's genuine, she's relatable and she's real. And I've actually appreciated all of her scenes in the past few weeks. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. And, and that's kind of where I am. But I look at it from like a entertainment TV perspective. And I think I've come around on Crystal, meaning that like I like her better. Yeah. But for the show, I'm like, eh, she could, she could go, she could stay. I, I'm not really going to care too much about it. But what I do want to think about is, like, how many housewives are there on Beverly Hills right now? Eight? Yes. Oh, fuck. Like, seven? So, I think the original plan was, if Diana doesn't pan out, we've got Cherie kind of, like, waiting in the wings as a friend. I like Cherie. I like Cherie, but the problem is, she has some screen time. She was obviously at Lisa Rinna's party in this past episode. But you didn't really see her do a whole lot. So I do wonder if she did stuff and then production ended up editing it out because it wasn't that good. Ooh, so I'm wondering uh, if she's kind of like failing this test. I don't know, but that would actually play into I I did read something like an hour ago, actually, mm-hmm. that said Cherie made a comment that she believes that Sutton is a hindrance pretty much that she does make it difficult for Garcelle to connect with anybody else in the group, at least like Mm. I did that came up on my Instagram feed. So if she's out there saying that now, then maybe that's true. Maybe, you know, some of her scenes were cut and she's not making as big of a splash as she thought. And now she's like throwing some shit out there. Like trying to, I will say one thing they, they just have to fuck it. They can't add another person in there. That's just going to be like, Ooh, Sutton let's rag on her. Because it's getting it's so, so stale old. and it's so annoying. And like she doesn't stick out for herself in a good way. So it's not going to work. She needs Garcelle. No one else is doing it. And Garcelle even said that tonight about like, yeah, we fucking know that you guys are all friends. You, you remind us every day. Enough. We don't care. So the ragging on Sutton sucks. So if somebody's going to be like, here's my storyline, I'm just going to jump on the bandwagon. Like, mm-hmm. no, get the fuck out. Find something fresh. Find something new. So honestly, like, again, Diana can go. 
I don't like Dorit, but I get why she's on the show. So keep her. Erica's still great for the show. Sutton obviously runs the fucking show with everything that she does. This year, yeah. And obviously you have to keep Garcelle. Kyle, you know, I don't need Kyle really anymore. So I would say no, Kyle before Rena. Yeah. So, oh, before Rena? Yeah, no, I'd, say, I'd say Kyle before Rena. Kyle, Kyle and Diana before Rena and Diana. That's where we disagree. I think Rena, smell you later. Kyle, give her another season to have some kind of redemption from this year. But that's, I guess that's if I'm like really picking and choosing. If I really wanted to boil it down, all I'd really say is get Diana out of here. Yeah. Just inject maybe some new fresh blood. Just see what happens. Diana failed. Put someone else in. Who cares? I agree. And just like, keep putting one person in and shuffling them out. And just see what sticks. But we can both agree that Rena and Diana getting axed is not the worst thing in the no, world. No, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, at no. all. And our biggest announcement this week, our biggest news, is we are dropping two episodes every week. Starting next Monday, you will get our first bonus episode. We, um, we listen to you guys. You guys want us to dive into the vaults and get below deck with you. And you know what? You ask, we listen. That's what we're going to do. We are starting um, from season one, episode one. Yeah, we finally get a spinoff. We always talk about having a spinoff. Yeah. We, <laughs> our dreams are coming true. Yeah, but um, I mean, we watched... I know you just kept going, but... I crushed it. Yeah, no, I, I watched... I'm keeping it simple. I watched the first two episodes. While I'd like to keep going, I had prior commitments, so I had to go somewhere. No, but I understand. Watched the first two episodes... I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I understand why everybody was pining for Below Deck. It was actually really funny because Colleen was sitting there talking. We went on Peacock, and it said, play next episode, season nine, episode whatever. Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, I rewatched this recently. No, did it's like you? nine seasons you rewatched? Yeah. When did you sneak that in? We have to watch like, nine yeah, of them. I did it here and there, whatever. I'm like, all right, whatever. And while we were going through it, she was like, yeah, I don't like, I feel like there's something else you guys could have watched, honestly. And then we got done the first two episodes and she's like, no, nah, no, nah, this is, this is definitely the move. This is a great show. It's so, it is really good. I, I, we resisted for so long. And I think that was just because I never knew what boat I was on, what captain I was with, you know, what sea we were in, but I get it. I think I get it. So we're excited to bring you some extra content every week and we're excited to, Sail the seven seas with you. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, that takes us on to Southern Charm and the fucking dog wedding, which I'm not doing the dog thing tonight because there's too much to point out, so I'm not even going to dive into that part of it. But some things popped off this episode, but there was a lot of dragging in between where they're... Um, you know, getting ready for a dog wedding. It's not that interesting to watch, but they start out like Whitney and Shep, which I don't ever want to see alone on the screen together, are walking the dogs to like introduce them to each other. They can get to know each other before the wedding, which I do think the whole thing's kind of funny. And like, I, I actually appreciate how serious they're all taking it. Like if you're going to do something this stupid, you got to be all in. So like, I appreciate that part of it, but they're like walking and talking about marriage and, why they don't want to do it. And Shep says that he's afraid of getting divorced. Like he's so afraid to get married because nobody in his family has ever gotten divorced. Now, like I could see why that might make you scared of commitment. Okay. Like I can understand that you don't want to be the first one in your family to fail because I'm sure your reputation overall in your family is not fantastic. Right. But 
when you're 40 something, 42, like at that point, you need to be at a point where you can at least start to weigh the pros and cons and be more comfortable with the thought of a girl that you're dating for two years that you could marry that woman. Like that pissed me off. But the thing that pissed me off the most above anything else is when they're talking, Whitney makes a comment where he's like, Lamborghini comes out with a new model every year. It's like, gross, dude. Yeah, I mean, that was, I knew that you were going to, absolutely hate the two of them on the screen together Despised. it is funny though because i mean we talked about the dog wedding the prospects of a dog wedding last week and neither of us were thrilled but i came around a lot and i, I thought it ended up being like really funny and i kind of like the idea and while i came around a little bit for patricia because i thought she was fine this episode i thought she was funny i mean there's one scene that i just fucking hated her but the rest i thought was funny i hated whitney even more so, you know, net loss, nothing really. But yeah, the two of them on the screen together talking about that. I look, Whitney can say whatever the fuck Whitney wants to say because he's not in a relationship. He doesn't care. This is how he feels. Him and Shep are essentially the same, except Shep is in a relationship. So going into it, like, and I think about this all the time, like when the significant others are watching this again and they're seeing the scenes that they didn't see, like Taylor had to go through the Charlotte scene. Where he's just bitching about the fact that she's apologizing and like insecure and he's mad about it. And then he goes talk to a girl and then they're talking about the landmines. Like Taylor got through that. They broke up apparently got back together. Yeah. But what? She's going to watch this episode and be like, all right, we're broken up again. Like, like, you just, you just got to go. And it just doesn't make any sense. And like, I think about it all the time. Like these people have to know that they're on camera and that these things that they say are going to come back. Like, how are they going to spin it? How are they going to do this? And we talked about self-awareness last week with Craig, like Paige isn't there. So he's going to see this interaction with Naomi. He knows this. And so he, he sets it up the right and way. And he set it up the right way and he did yeah. the right thing. So like Shep is not doing any of that. And maybe it's self, like self-sabotaging. Maybe he's like, Taylor's going to see this flip out and leave. Ooh. And then I have a reason to just move on. Rather than me just breaking up with her because I'm not ready for commitment. Oh, a little he needs bit. To, he, oh. Yeah, like he needs to find a reason to end the relationship without him breaking up because he doesn't want to be in a relationship. That's actually a really good point, and that might be what he's doing if he's self-aware enough. I don't know. Well, he's been on camera for nine years. Well, that's like, where he knows I, how to manipulate a situation like that. I agree, but I think that's almost against your point of like they should know there's cameras. I think that some of these people get so conditioned to the camera being there. That's true. That it just comes out. Like, they don't censor themselves anymore. Well, that's what makes for good TV, too. I so agree. that is what you want to get to. Just not with Shep and Whitney. Yeah. And but I, I will say, like, I, my problems with Whitney are, like, just, you know, the nepotism and, like, all of that shit. But I will say, at least he knows, like, I don't want to get married right now. And he's not dragging some woman through a relationship yeah. with him. Like, that I can respect. Like, if you're mm-hmm. going to be that guy, okay. Like, I don't love it, but at least you're not dra- – like, again. Well, and you know he's looking at Shep having that conversation, like, waiting to see what Shep says because he's like, dude, I know you. I know how you feel because you're me. You're me. I do want to commend the party planner. I do, too. She did a good job. Because, holy shit, she turned around within a week and got everything. There wasn't – She even got the, the weather, armadillo cake. Yeah, but aside from the weather – I mean, which she can't control. Nope. Everything was perfect. Yeah. And she did it to, and she took it very seriously. And I, you know what? I want to commend that kind of hard work. We need that. We need more people like that. (laughs) And I love it. (laughs) 
I agree. Uh, maybe she was the star of the episode. I didn't even think about that. She did such a good job. I didn't even notice. That's, exactly. That's how you know it was done. That's how an event planner should work. and effectively. Yep. So bravo. Actually, no. Star of the episode is the veterinarian. Yeah, he did steal the show. Jesus, he, he wrote his own speech before, and that, that thing hit off. It was full of dog puns. It was great. Yeah. He had a dog he, tie on. And when he walked in, I was like, this guy's walking in like, what the fuck am I doing here? But he was prepared. Oh, he, and, he took it seriously. Well, I mean, you know what? He also wanted to party. So yeah. <laughs> he wants to go in and have a good reception. <laughs> Hell yeah. But like, you know, just to build off of that, I don't understand what the thought process of sticking Austin and Madison up there was. That's, I mean, that's Patricia being Patricia, I think. She is a little pot stirrer. Oh, yeah. But I'd, she knows what she's doing. Like, later on, and we can just kind of jump there because nothing really happened in between. Patricia sits down at that, you know, finally, Austin and Madison seem to be talking about, like, what the awkwardness is, like, why Austin's upset. It's taken all this time to get there. And, yeah, the conversation sucks, and it's awkward and uncomfortable, and they're not really doing anything but kind of badgering each other, but they're talking. Patricia inserts herself into the situation to stir the pot further. And not only that, while Craig's sitting down, she then invites Naomi over. So now you've got like a perfect storm of shit. Like everyone... She was sitting there the whole time inviting people in. She saw Craig walk by. Yeah. Craig, come on. I think you need to get in this conversation. I know. Like why? Why I... does Craig... Do... I mean, here's the thing though. I do... I actually do think that Craig needs to be close by because he can probably control Austin a little bit if he pops off and gets upset. But then to your point, like, yeah, Naomi, come on and sit down, scooch a little closer in here, like right next to Craig. Why does he have to be there? So I think honestly, because she made that comment about like, Oh, like there's an altercation at a dog wedding. I think she was almost highlighting how absurd it was. Like, and she's an intelligent woman. Mm-hmm. Like her career, and I gave her the short end of the stick early on before I got to know what she did. Like she was, you know, a badass. She sold art like all over the world. Like she made a ton of money. She's intelligent. So I think that this was 100% like, oh, you're going to be ridiculous here. Well, let's make this ridiculous then. Yeah. I'm going to bring everybody over and make it awkward as fuck. And if that was a play, if she did think that and do that, she goes up a notch in my book because I think she did. I think, I think everything, all the evidence is right there. I yeah. think she did this on purpose. And I mean, not to say that she had the dog wedding so that she could then have this. No, no, no. Act. I think that because she they took were the sabotaging her dog wedding, I think yeah. she was upset that they were starting shit at her party. She's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to solve this real quick. And then you get Naomi and Craig split off. And they're finally talking. Well, the one thing that I do like about and, and the end of that whole thing was that, you know, once it got to the point where you've got Craig sitting on the one chair, very uncomfortable next to Naomi Page, like standing in the room behind him, like what the fuck's going on? You get Austin who's getting worked up talking to Madison and getting nowhere. She's just like waiting to see what he says. And he has a lot of feelings. And I fully agreed with everything that Austin was saying. I did too. And then simultaneously, they both stood up, got the fuck out. Oh, the we Boys did left. We missed a line early on when they're standing about to walk down the altar. Mm-hmm. And Austin turns around and goes, "Why are you the way that you are?" Yeah, and I <laughs> laughed out loud. I LOL'd. I it was, like, was great. Fuck yeah! And it was like the first thing that he said to her in like three, four weeks. It was so pretty much good. since she got engaged. Yeah. And he's just like, "Why are you the way that you are?" It was so like, good. enough of your whatever you're talking about. 
but we get the the Naomi Craig conversation and they're talking and for the first time it's like unfiltered on Craig's part like yeah we've seen him kind of take this tact of like not wanting to rock the boat not wanting to stir the pot just get in get out keep my hands clean but in this instance you know we had that scene earlier on where Paige walks up and she's not dressed for the occasion like she's going to be freezing cold the entire time she looks great but it's freezing so everyone's like oh let's get her jacket Naomi makes it the biggest scene in the world She's like, oh my God, somebody get her a jacket. You're going to be freeze. Like she overdoes it to the I point where I didn't think she overdid it. Here's, this oh, is a no. tiny difference. Fuck. We had a good run. We were agreeing we a were lot. We were vibing all night. And you're going to do this shit yeah, now? Yeah, now here's the, pr- I mean, I do, I'm going to probably agree with whatever you're going to say about Craig and Naomi later. But here I, like, Paige walked up and I'm like, ooh, immediately. Ooh. Here's the thing. If you're Craig and she is going to leave the house like that, it's, I think, November. Again, no fucking idea what time anything is. Nope. But uh, let's call it November okay. in Charleston. Sure. Raining, probably like low 60s, high 50s. Why is she wearing a summer cocktail dress like that? I don't know. Craig, fashion is pain, baby. I get it. But like she should have, she is a fashion blogger. She should have like seven different things and be like, all right, if it rains, I'm going to wear this. If it's cold, I'm going to wear this. Maybe she traveled light. I doubt it. <laughs> have you seen like have you seen her go to Summer House? Yeah. She has to true. have a whole room for a closet. That's so true. no, I don't think she traveled light, but also a little bit on Craig. If I'm Craig and my girlfriend came from a different city, didn't have whatever she needed because it was cold out, she ends up wearing your jacket anyway. Why don't you just give her one of your blazers at home when you realize it's cold and raining? Give her a blazer that kind of matches her jacket. I'm sure you've got like something with a little pink in it. Pop it on, looking great, nice and warm. There you go. Boom. My issue is not with the jacket. Well, I, all right. So I actually didn't even finish my thought. I, I got so fucking sidetracked with, <laughs> you, you with just nitpicking fashion. Ended, that was a period dot. <laughs> and we're done. Moving on. No, but I did think and like, I, like I've seen girls interact before. Like That was a normal interaction, I thought, for girls to be like, holy shit, like, you're going to be freezing. Like Can we do something about this? I didn't think that Naomi, I think that they the cameras were on her because they do want to see that interaction. But all the other girls were also making a fuss. Like Taylor kept saying stuff and um, yeah, but like she was Leva, so like every, oh, no, no, she I think was too it was enthusiastic fine. about it. It was too, because I thought she was being nice. And here's the thing Fuck that I do th- like, look, I do think, yeah, behind the scenes, maybe she wants to not sabotage, but she wants to be interworked somehow. But I do think that it was genuinely like, get this girl a fucking jacket. Yeah. Like, come on, you got to be cold. I'll, I'd give you my jacket. She said, I'll, I'll give you a jacket somewhere. Like, it doesn't matter. I thought it was just good. Oh, that's I, fine. I disagree firmly, but fuck, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, back to Naomi and Craig, they're talking and, um, Naomi's trying to make it not awkward. And she's saying like, you know, you can't even like be around me and it's uncomfortable and this and that, like let's not forget. And I do know this much, like back when she was dating Matul, he was so controlling that he didn't make it a choice whether or not she could be around Craig. Like Craig's doing this out of respect for Paige. Paige doesn't say like, no, you can't ever be near her period. It's just like out of respect, let's not do one-on-ones. And I get that. They hooked up months ago. Yeah. And so she tries to draw these comparisons between Matul and her and Paige and Craig. 
which is insane. And Craig, well, before she went there, she started talking to Craig, and Craig shut her down and said, "Wait, are you insinuating that I act differently when my girlfriend's not here?" Yeah. Because no, that's not what's fucking going on. I like, and that. I thought that was great. I did too. I yeah. did too. To make that statement loud and mm-hmm. proud and in front of the camera, so Hell Paige yeah. can see that shit. This is what I introed with, baby. Yep. I love you. Oh yeah. But um. He quickly stops her when she's trying to make the comparison. He's like, time out. He's like, this is nowhere near the same thing. You left a loving relationship with a loving boyfriend to go be with a controlling asshole, verbatim. And that, I literally, dude, stuck my hand in the air like the end of the fucking breakfast club and held it there. Because I was like, finally, he gets to say this to her, to Mm -hmm. her face. Like, no, you fucked up. You fucked all of this up. I was there. Was he perfect? No. Was he a good dude? Yeah. And you belittled him. You took him for granted. You went after this one dude who was a piece of shit. You left Craig for that, got totally fucked over, and now you're trying to save face or, like, make it seem like it's not that bad and, like, weasel your way back into this. And he drops the fucking nuclear bomb on her. Like, you don't affect my life anymore, which I fucking did, like, six fist pumps because it was just the perfect way to end it. Like, fuck this, fuck you, I'm out, and I'm done. I do think that, like, the end of that, when she... I mean, she didn't say a word during all of that, which, one, I appreciated. Because I think she was just too taken aback. You think she was shell-shocked from I it? I think she was just like, fuck, he is 100% right, and I have no rebuttal. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, like... Because I was trying to think, I was like, have I seen Naomi, like, yell over someone while they're talking or whatever? And I don't, I, she's done it with Catherine, but like, I didn't really think of anything specifically. I think she was sitting there like, holy shit, like Craig is real with Paige and I, there's nothing I can do. Uh, That's a really good point. Like like, I am whatever, maybe she even realized like, holy shit, my intentions weren't pure. My intentions weren't platonic and he's right. And I'm, I need to back the fuck off. I think maybe she, I don't know when she was just shell shocked. I thought there was got to be so many things going through her head, but she didn't blurt anything out. She didn't yell back. She didn't argue back. Nope. Appreciated that. And I think she probably came away with it with a newfound respect for Paige and Craig. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, look, I like Naomi. I think she's fine. I think she's good for the show. Um, and I hope that she continues and finds something else. And it sounds like she might next week. Oh God. Whitney. But here's the thing. At the end of it, and while I loved everything that Craig said, I loved I loved his actions. Him walking out with Paige afterwards, you could see like Paige with like a slight smirk, like probably turned on as hell. Like, oh fuck yeah, yeah. They're about to go home and uh, do it in every room of that house. I think my girlfriend said the exact same thing when it happened. Yeah, <laughs> but um, they they walk away, and my thought was, does Craig mean it? Or is he just saying, I think he was saying it. I, think I don't know he, if he necessarily means it when he says like, you don't affect anything in my life. I thought it was a really good line, but I do think that he, I think she does still affect his life. Okay. So I agree and disagree. I, I don't fully disagree. I do think that he meant it, but I think he means it more in a non platonic fashion. Like there's no feelings here anymore where, I'm going to second guess or that I miss the relationship with you. Mm -hmm. However, I do think she left enough of an imprint on him where he is going to care what she thinks. He is going to be affected when she's around. Like he is going to 
have her in the back of his head when she's present in a situation. Sure. I think that she affects him in that way. I do not think it's like, uh, oh, fuck, I miss Naomi kind of thing. No, and neither do I. And and what I will do, I've got two. I've got a question, and then I have a next topic. But question first. Is this or does this play out differently if Craig and Naomi did not hook up a few months back? If they broke up and they've been done for a long time, they didn't see each other, there were no you know, extra feelings there. Like, how, do you think it plays out any differently? Yes, I do. I think so too. I do. I, I, yeah. cause I think that for Craig, what Vegas was, was closure. Mm-hmm. I think it was finally closure to move on from it. Yeah. Without that kind of closure. I think now you have him second guessing some things. I yeah. think that now he sees a single Naomi back home. Oh, I haven't seen her in a long time. She broke my heart, but I kind of missed her. She looks great. Like, uh Oh, so, yes, I think you get a very different scenario. That's a really good question. Well, that's from Craig's perspective. What about Naomi's? If Naomi didn't hook up with Craig, do you think she comes back and has the same thing? Like, ooh, Craig looks like he's dating this girl. He might not be. They're kind of taking it slow. Are they together? Are they not? Whatever. Did that hook up like open a door a little bit for, I for think, Naomi? Oh, do you think the hookup led to her being? See, I think that it was converse actions. I think while Craig was closing a door... Naomi was opening the door a little bit. And then second topic, do we feel bad for Austin with the Olivia situation? Absolutely not. I do. Not even a tiny, oh man. Look, I don't hate Austin anymore. So this is not me taking a dig at Austin. Okay. I did say to Dev when we were watching it, like, if you're going to date, fine. Like, don't bring him to the dog wedding. Like, that was kind of mean. Well, did you see what Marcy said? Yeah, where she wanted that to happen to kind of push Austin yep. forward. So it was a move. It was a play by Marcy. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't feel bad for him in light of the fact that he told her, like, I don't expect you to stop dating. Yeah, okay. we didn't see that when they first aired. No, I don't think I did. mean, they just did like the ho-hum of him talking about Madison for 45 minutes straight. Yeah. But see, I I felt bad because he... First, he shows up. He has to deal with being the fucking best man or whatever right next to Madison yeah, at the altar. Tough. And he had a funny comment and he said, I don't want to be anywhere near an altar with Madison. Yeah, this is my nightmare. Great. Funny. Awesome. And then Olivia, who, yeah, you're, you're taking it slow. You're not really sure. She shows up with a date. By the way, did anyone fucking like you're going to a it's a dog wedding. I get it. But you're going to a dog wedding at Patricia's house. Yeah. You don't get dressed up for that. You wear like he, what did they say? Lumberjack chic is what that oh, guy was wearing. Yeah. Well, I think, hold on. I, I don't know if I am a blind date invited to a dog wedding. I don't think I'm dressing in my fucking tuxedo. Well, in this scenario, you know, you're going to date. Like, you know, the situation in the setting, at least in the realm of like, oh, I'm going to a Southern charm wedding and I'm going to be on TV. Like, that's kind of cool. If I, and like this girl is gorgeous. Like, let me go on it blind date with her you would say no to that if she's going to i a dog would wear wedding? something ridiculous if i'm going to a dog wedding i i actually believe that i think you would probably wear like a, a wear tuxedo a tux you, with like you a would dog wear bow tie like the dumb and dumber not their orange and blue tux yeah. you would wear like their van but as a tuxedo like yeah the, the shagging wagon have to that's what you would probably you gotta wear with. something like that like it's a <laughs> it's ridiculous I mean, he showed up and look, I mean, like he looked good. I thought it was fine. He was a wet blanket. That dude He stunk. was, yeah. I mean, and I don't know if he just didn't get like airtime or whatever, which not that he deserves it, but 
it was just weird and all I could think about and I, I kept like I asked my girlfriend I like looked it up online I'm like how did how did Olivia actually get on the show is she friends did she start dating Austin then got on the show or like like I'm trying to figure it all out and I guess it's just that like I guess she lived in LA or like out in California came back lives in Charleston has like a pretty like prominent family so like she fits in like on her own as a cast member which is good so maybe that's how she got in but I kept thinking like did she use Austin dating Austin to get onto the show and leave him behind and go do her own thing or well no because they're dating now are they still dating yeah oh all right well that might throw my conspiracy theory out there <laughs> but here was my conspiracy theory for, for anybody who wants I'm to sorry. fucking hear it uh my conspiracy theory was that she is a new cast member and the whole dating Austin thing was just a play by producers that it didn't really exist. It was just, well, cause we my, never really see them. Like well, my thing doesn't discredit yours then. No, not necessarily. I do think that like, like when I was thinking back on their, their dates, they did a double date with Shep and Taylor and then they went like and sat at a brewery or whatever. You never see them like get affectionate. They never like touch each other. They never like hold hands, like nothing. So I do wonder if they were like, look, we need a fresh slate for Austin here. Let's throw him a fake date, a fake girl to date, whatever. And it's the new cast member. So it, like, it was a little oh, murky okay. as to how she got on the show. So I'm like, I don't really know what the fuck's going on. So I thought that it could be a conspiracy theory that they weren't actually dating. And then this gets her on the show. And then she just goes and does whatever the fuck she wants. Because that's what it seems like now. Okay. I don't hate it. And that takes us to the Rabha, the main event, if you will. Um, we're back at our favorite name charity, um, Homeless, Not Toothless. Toothless and Homeless. To, according to Kathy Hilton, Toothless and Homeless, um, which I'm actually glad that they picked up back here because I wasn't done watching it. I wanted to see how this plays out a little bit, and this is like the aftermath of you know, Rena's Meltdown and then everybody seeming to be cool. And then they sit around the table and they kind of start to jab at each other a little bit. And as they're jabbing, um, they at least have the wherewithal to point out to the guests that are still there that are part of this charity. Like, hey, guys, like you can go. You don't have to sit here and listen to this nightmare anymore. Like, thank you for coming by. I would have stayed. Oh, I would have, too. But can you stay in that scenario? If they're forcing me out. No. Like, I feel like that's a, not really an invitation to potentially stay or leave. That's like, hey, it's time for you to go. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would stay it's too. Given the option, yeah, I'll sit there in the corner and have a mojito. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? <laughs> mojito. You really enunciated the he. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> um, but Crystal is brought up again, and they're talking about the eating disorder. And this is addressed later in the episode, and I'm glad we get to hear it from her perspective. But it it rubbed me the wrong way, and it usually does when the women broach this topic because they do it in the wrong way. And they're like, she rightfully says, like, I have been talking to people. I've been talking to people since I was 13. I'm actively looking for somebody to talk to right now. And Kyle fucking says, are you talking to the right people? Like, that's none of your fucking uh, yeah. business. Like, she is, she just told you she's trying. That should be enough. By the way, she doesn't owe you shit anyway. She doesn't owe you a fucking explanation if she's not in the right space to do so but she just offered you what you guys were asking. She yeah, said, and, I'm getting help. And the other thing that I took away from it was someone was doing the right thing. And it was Lisa Rinna because she went behind camera to reach out to crystal and say, Hey, 
I've got a couple people if you're interested. Oh, yeah. I get, she gave she gave her eight doctors. Yep. To talk to, like here here's a list. I know you're doing interviews. Great, awesome. Didn't have to be on camera. Was sincere because it wasn't on camera, mm-hmm. and like that's the right move. And then you get Kyle on the other side, like questioning her process. Well. Clearly, I mean, you've been doing this since you were 13. Not, something's not working. Are you talking to the right people? Yeah. Like, like fuck off. Fuck. It's, that's such a rude thing to yeah. say. And it also makes it seem like this is something that is so simple that it takes talking to the one right person to correct it. Not yep. that it's a lifelong battle that you may or may not ever overcome, but you just hope to get better. Yeah. You hope to be able to manage it better. Mm-hmm. So for you to say that, like, you fucking know any better is so disrespectful. It's condescending. And it's just fucking mean it's a mean thing to say when she just gave you all you need to hear you don't deserve anything but here's a little snippet to make you guys feel better because i feel pressured to tell you this yeah fuck that no and and i will say one thing at least kyle i think she said the same thing at rena's house so at least she said the same thing behind her back as she did to her face okay but if you want to fucking yeah nitpick on this one just to try to give her something yeah but we can't seem to get away from the liability comment. It keeps coming up time well, and time again. I don't think with the liability comment, I don't think it's ever actually been addressed. I think that Sutton is rightfully so asking Erica. Erica just keeps saying the same thing over and over. She just explains, I think you're a liability to <laughs> Thank you. Garcelle. Hey, you've never done the team. Yeah, there you go. Hey, I appreciate it. And, and she doesn't explain what the fuck she's talking about. She just keeps saying it. I'm like, all right, we're getting nowhere. But Sutton's like, I feel like we're getting nowhere can somebody explain to me what the hell this means and no one else is chiming in it's just garcelle mm-hmm. and I, I i said it earlier in the episode i'm so fucking tired of them just ragging on sutton like that's the only thing they all do it's the only play and it's like a group of mean girls picking on one person and danny pellegrino actually tweeted out something tonight and he said because this group never shifts alliances it's less entertaining. Like yeah. it wasn't exactly what the tweet said, but it was alluding to the fact like in other franchises like Roni, you have ever shifting dynamics where Yeah, I mean Jersey, you see it like yeah. and we hear about it all right. and during the off season. I like, know that it happens constantly and you just see these like one woman says the wrong thing and all of a sudden she's on the other team and then yep. someone else takes her spot and like that's fun to watch because you never know who's gonna be against who, like who makes it. And up that's with what who. we root for, and like that's yeah. why I my my theory in the beginning was we're going to get Erica and Sutton on the same side at some point. Yeah, we got way far but away from I'm that But I'm hoping, tonight. I know. And I, I, like, I was just trying to speak it into existence because I guess like subconsciously, I'm just fucking tired of the same four girls, five girls. Teaming up. Just on, teaming up on I the know. other ones. And it's annoying because they never like, they say shit to each other, but then they don't get mad about it. And it never becomes a thing. They just like squash it behind the cameras. Come back and then they're good. And this Whatever. is why it's they need so to whack at least two of them off the show. Yeah. Is like, you need to show this crew that they're not untouchable. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they've gotten to the point where they think they're bigger than the show. Yeah. And the or that only, they are the show. Yeah. And I think yeah. the only housewife that can honestly claim that, and I hate to say it, is Teresa. Like, mm-hmm. I think that she is a, iconic enough and that breaks my heart to say because I do not like her. And you know that. No, but you don't like her, but at least she like... She doesn't care who her friends are. No, she doesn't give a fuck. She goes off on anyone. Yeah. So that keeps it interesting. Like if we got that, if we had Lisa Rinna sitting in the corner and they were saying shit and she just popped off on Erica or popped off on fucking Dorit, 
that would be awesome. I, I and we agree. just never get it. And it's like, all right, if this is never going to happen, then why am I still watching? Like, could you imagine how electric that fight would be if be you awesome. had like Kyle, Rinna, and Dorit just fucking like going after each other? I don't think they'd be able to handle it at this point. Rinna probably would, but I don't think Dorit and Kyle would be able to handle I it. I don't think so either. I don't think they would have the comebacks. I yeah. think that Rinna, once she gets that blind rage, she can say whatever to whoever, mm-hmm. whenever. But yeah, I don't know. if I think Kyle and Dorit are so comfortable with each other and like not rocking the boat that they will never do that. Yeah. But then like we get the most random comment of all, and this is again like Diana Jenkins inserting herself to get some kind of airtime where she brings it back to her and Garcelle and that she feels like she can't get to know Garcelle because she's too guarded and she puts these walls up. Mind you, the last interaction we saw between these two was them coming to terms and being okay. And Diana saying, like, I can see it in your eyes. You like me. And Garcelle not really giving a very convincing, like, ha ha, yeah. Yeah. I just like, yeah, she doesn't like you. But I, I took that as Diana in like a snide way doubling down on the Sutton thing. Because she said, you put, your, you put these walls up. You put these things between us underlying Sutton. Sutton's the wall. Yeah. I think that's what she's saying. I think she's just doubling down on what Erica said in a more poignant way to not say, you know, it's definitely Sutton, but you've got these other things going on. Again, I did think it was super random and it made no sense in the it conversation. It made zero sense. I, I didn't understand what was like, and that even Garcelle's like, how the fuck did this get back to me? Yeah. Like we're talking about her being a liability. They chimed in and now you're talking about me. Yeah. That's, I mean, and this is why I love Garcelle because she didn't, stop and like actually just go into it and go into the addressing no, of it she, addressed- she was like wait what the fuck how did this how yeah. did this get back to me like and that's what that's what any of us would do that's what any normal person would be like what the, how did this get back to me i have no idea i know so, I, I, so that's why we love garcelle we do love garcelle but the the dinner finishes off with rena going on like she's not screaming this time but she's telling her you gotta like lead with love or live with love and like she thinks that she has fear. But, I mean, Garcelle wins it again because she just drops the Google me line. And, like, you want to get to know me? Google me. Yeah. Like, fuck you. I'm done. And I, I That's what that. you need. But, like, that's why, again, I'm, I'm going to say it a thousand more times. That's why we love Garcelle. Like, she cuts out that toxicity. Yeah. Immediately. She identifies that this is bullshit. We're not going to be friends because I see what you're doing here. Right. See ya. Yeah. You want to know me? Google, Google me, me, bitch. That's Although... Why, uh, I did see scenes from next week, and it looks like they come together, or Diana comes to Garcelle's house. That's not so, surprising. I, no, I, I, it's, not it's always going to happen. It's the same thing as the, the Diana uh, Sutton lunch. Like, do they, would they do that organically? No. So it's got to be a producer set up, but I don't fucking know. Yeah. But then, I mean, we get the, this scene between Crystal and her husband, and I thought it was a really kind of nice scene, actually, just to see like the support of her husband and like the fact that he understands what her perspective is. And she finally gets to say like, you know, I, he even says like, I think they care about you, but they shouldn't be pressuring you. You shouldn't feel like you owe them anything. And she says like, I know when they say that, like, I do feel like they care. And like, but I feel like I owe them something. I feel like I need to do this for them. And anybody going through any kind of major, change like this where you're trying to address an addiction or an eating disorder like that it needs to be you doing it for you and Mm -hmm. like she knows that and that was really cool to hear but it was also really shitty to hear that she feels pressured that she needs to somehow prove to these women that she's gonna get better or is getting better and like i already said like you don't owe them a fucking thing 
No, and we're not in the business of like telling people how they should feel or trying to, I guess, figure out how that works. But that is exactly what's going on. Like, that's what they're trying to portray. And you see it with Kyle's comments. And in this situation, like, I, I love her, her husband. Rob is awesome. Oh, he's great. He's so good. And like, he's so genuine. And we don't get a lot of airtime with him. We don't really get a lot of airtime except for PK, really, honestly, this season. But he has to I, be great. He's, he like helped make the Lion King. And this is why I, I love Rob. You get Kathy walking in. Oh my God. Which was so funny. I had Kathy no idea. Really scene. It, it, here's the thing. And we got shit for it last week because we talked about the Kathy with Precious and Lizzo. And there, it was a surprising amount of comments I saying know. like, oh, come on, guys, relax. It was a joke. It's like, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't she's, a joke. She's it just racist. Funny. And, and yeah, yeah, it was a terrible but, comment. But moving on from that, like I, I, I thought Kathy's scene in this was hilarious because she comes over and she's like, I just drove all this way. Do you have any anything to snack on? Yeah, any, I, need, any I need a little snack. Uh, you want? And then Rob was being a good host. He's like, "We've got cheese, we've got this, we've got that." And she's like, "Do you have a diet coke?" And he's like, "Yep, here you go." Do you want a glass? Yes, I do. Yeah, and, <laughs> and like, and it was funny. And like, she, this is just what Kathy does, and they didn't really care that much, and they were having a good time, and like, it was nice to see Rob on camera and Crystal on camera, like the family moment, like having this because we see that all the time with like Kyle and Mo. Um, Dorit and PK, like yep. this happens. So we, I'd like to see more of that because he's what the only other house husband out of the. I feel yeah. like I might be missing. No, I think that's it. Really, no, I mean Harry Hamlin. Oh uh, yeah, you want to see more Harry? I I am always down to see more Harry. Yeah, my bracelet buddy. <laughs> God, going on walks together. The Erica Lisa thing is bugs me anytime I see them on the screen because they just rile each other up. They say whatever they want to because they know the other one will agree no matter what, especially if it's about Sutton. Like yep. They just get a rise out of each other back and forth and back and forth. Erica actually does call Sutton fun at one point. Yep. And then she flips a switch and like Rena agrees and says more things. And I'm like, guys, you're talking about your fucking selves right now. Yep. How are you going to point a finger at a woman that can flip a switch and be one way one minute and another way another minute when you yourselves do this almost weekly. Like, that's when this show stops being fun for me because it's like, it's not fun banter. It's just complete obliviousness and like lack of self-awareness to be like, oh, as you're saying all of that shit, you should be like slowly coming to terms like, oh, fuck, that's me. I'm sure some people actually enjoy watching it for that irony. I'm just not one of those people. I am not either. Because I, I, I'm doing the same thing as you. Like, I'm yelling at my TV, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And Erica, Erica and Renner are talking, and they're talking about how, you know, Sutton's continuing the conversation or continuing the issue. And it's like, you fucking started this. I know. By bringing up Sutton being a liability. Like, there, there's the self-awareness or lack thereof that you're talking about. How the hell are you still, how are you blaming Sutton for this when all she's really doing is just like trying to understand what the hell you're saying? Because no she, one knows what you're talking about. And she really, and you talked about it earlier, we don't ever know what the liability is. Yeah. Like, that's never come to light. It comes to light later, like a liability as in she's a hindrance to you getting closer to us. 
the core group yeah, that doesn't argue the, with each other. The Fox Force Five or whatever the fuck and it's they not call even, themselves. Yeah, Jesus Christ. And it's not even that. It's really just like, could you imagine a world where Garcelle would join that group and they would just all sit around talking shit on other people and having fun and that's what they like to do no and no garcelle's gonna stand up for whoever the hell they're talking about and be like well they do it with crystal like when garcelle's there and they're talking about crystal garcelle's like well maybe she is getting help did you ever ask her right and like she'll do the same thing with sutton but like they can't call crystal a liability that's what's so So it doesn't make any sense yeah i didn't even put that together like that does have she stands up for crystal earlier in the episode she stands up for everyone i know she feels like somebody's being wronged garcelle chimes in and says why are you doing this? Like, and who are you talking about? Why are you talking about this? Let's talk to them. And she points out, like, as a friend, it is your job to stand by your friend. And yeah. if someone is nice to me and treats my friend like shit, I'm not going to be friends with that person. Like, if somebody that I knew was a dickhead to you, like, I'm not going to probably be cool with that guy. Anymore. No. Like, that's just not how friendship works. No. And it was like, for them not to realize that, just shows you how far their heads are up their asses. Where well, it's they can't just see I, it. I think that they're all convinced that the way that this show works and the way that people like it is for them to rag on Sutton. And maybe at one point it was. Like and I'll, two I fucking say years like, ago. Exactly. And look, like Sutton was brought into the fold, not part of the core friend group, says dumb shit, learns to apologize, whatever. And they ragged on her. And I guess probably people enjoyed that at first, but they're tired of it. And they're also seeing Sutton for like a nicer person. I know. Then she like portrays herself in certain situations and they're, everybody's fucking tired of it. Like enough. And they probably do sit back and think that everybody enjoys it and we're having a good time. And they're just so not self-aware as a group. And that's where Garcelle comes in, where she points out these things. And she even says it later. She's like, yeah, I know that you guys are all friends with each other. You guys fucking talk about it every I day. Know, I love that. I'm like, yeah, they do. They yeah. always just be like, oh, I was talking to Dorit about this. And like, then you get like Dorit talking about how she went to lunch with Garcelle talking about Erica's uh, alcohol problem. Oh, yeah. And, and Garcelle I mean, said, don't be Kyle. Don't be Kyle. And Dorit says it in such like a like shit starting way. She's like, don't be Kyle. Don't be Kyle. Yeah. And, I, and that was the first time that I saw Dorit actually like raise her voice. All I know. She like snapped back. I was like, what? The, why are you because chiming she's, in? Because she's Where got her friends you? there. But who gives a fuck? Yep. Like, shut the fuck up and sit there. You're not doing anything to this conversation. You don't need to be involved right now. But you're inserting yourself because your girls are talking shit. It's like that that asshole that will start shit with somebody, then hide behind his friends. Yeah. It's like, knock that shit off. You get other people in trouble because you open your stupid fucking mouth. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's a perfect segue to how we got to this conversation. We're at Rinna Beauty. Like, it's her launch party or whatever. It was, you know what it was, too? What? I thought it was like Rinna Beauty, just the whole line. It was just the lip plumper. Oh, that's it? Yep. Is it that big of a deal? I don't fucking know. I wonder how well it's... I did see she got a deal with Amazon, so I... I, I guess it is I big. I have to and imagine it's going to do well. Yeah, it probably do better than her wine, but... Rain of It's not... I had a couple of questions about this. They're gearing up for this, and Dorit has skates on, and Kyle's skating around. Do you see anybody skate at this party? Oh, yeah, no. What the fuck happened? You know what, actually, what, what pissed me off when Kyle got her skates as a present... The fucking note said, happy birthday, mom. Enjoy your skates. 
then why are you wrapping the skates? You just told her I've never in my life. Yeah, seen everybody's gonna read the, the card before opening. I know. Why? Who writes what's in the gift on the card? That's stupid. I, I have no idea because it's these, not like she knew. It's not like it was wrapped in like roller skate. It's a box paper. Yeah. I what the fuck is roller skate paper? Uh, I don't know. Oh, you mean like the wrapping paper? Yeah. It's like skates. if you, um, you know, what I think of actually, it's uh, in Toy Story. They wrap the present in Buzz Lightyear. Oh so yeah! So I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that's Buzz Lightyear. There you go. Okay, fair. Could enough. you imagine how disappointed you'd be if you opened it up and it was like a Woody toy, another one? Well, I actually a Jesse toy. Je- oh yeah, Je- I, I have forgotten my Toy Story characters. Wow, I did just watch. <laughs> you Lightyear. gotta do a deep dive. I did. I watched Lightyear recently. It was pretty good. Okay, I enjoyed go. it. But at the party, like we finally get the invite from Kyle to Aspen. So we get the the setup for what's supposed to be this tumultuous event that happens. Um, we've kind of been building up to this the entire season, but um, that's when this whole conversation starts. That's when Kyle brings it up again. Why is Sutton a liability? And that's when we we've already you know started to talk about this. But well, I do think that where Kyle was coming from with this wasn't the the, the norm for this year, where it's like, all right, Kyle, shut the fuck up, like we're done. I do think that it was unresolved, and I thought it was nice because Kyle and Sutton had just had lunch the day before, so she knows that Sutton's thinking about it because Sutton was like, I do want to talk about, like, what do you think this is? I actually didn't think that it was a malicious No, I think move. that it's unresolved, and it was a normal move to be like, here we are. We talk about this all the time, although now I'm starting to think that it's the opposite, but bring it up in front of the whole group, and let's discuss it. Now I'm like, oh, shit, it's clicky as hell. Uh-huh. You're not going to get anywhere. If it involves the core members, you're not going to get anywhere. You never will, though. But, like, if that's it's, the thing. but when it was between Crystal and Sutton, the outliers, you get the core group together, something gets resolved. You have a chance, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then Diana Sutton with the core group, it kind of gets resolved. So, like, those things work. But if it involves Erica, Rinna, Kyle, Dorit... Nothing's going to get resolved because you already know where the factions are going to lie. Yep. So that's that's the outlier of what I will say does not get handled with the group. I agree, and you know, Rina will not stop going after Sutton. Like she will not let up. She's getting mean about it again. We've had not one but two instances in which Rina and Sutton have come to terms and are supposed to be cool now, and Rina has kind of a really not a great line, like not a good look for where she's like, you know, if I love her at one moment and I hate her at another, like it's okay because of what I'm going through. I have grief. Yeah. She found her crutch. Right. And now it's like, okay, you're making it seem like you're using this as a crutch. Like you just said, and that's a really shitty look, whether you're doing it or not, you now have painted the picture that that's why you're using this. You're using it as an excuse. So regardless of what your intention is, and I believe that her intention is to use it as a crutch and Mm -hmm. be an asshole and then be like, oh, I'm grieving. But even if you're not, no one's going to believe that now because of what you just said. And you're already hurting for ratings right now. Like you're not high on the leaderboard here. Like she is like arguably bottom of the season this year. Yeah. And because of that, like she does shit like this and she's not helping herself. And I think she thinks she's making good TV. I really think she thinks that she's doing a good job. I think they all kind of think that when they're struggling, they pine for these certain situations or these storylines and they go in and they're probably like, this is, this is gold. 
this is great. Like everybody's going to feel for me because I'm grieving for my mom. They all loved my mom. It's like when Dorit leaned on the, the, the burglary. For, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it is the same thing. And it's like the other, I mean, the problem with Dorit was that it was the same storyline over and over and that's how she was, whatever. She was traumatized. I get it. This is, she has, like you said, apologized, gone back, apologized, gone back. And now she's saying, oh, everybody should feel bad for me because I'm grieving. Yeah. So I can say whatever the fuck I want. All right, fine. If you're going to blow up at everyone, cool, then that's fine. Then you can be like, I'm everyone. grieving, blow up at everyone. But if you're just right at Sutton every time, Sutton didn't kill your mom. Oh like, God. seriously, that you can't do that. No, you I, can't target her specifically. The targeting, yeah, that's a really good point. Like the targeting makes it seem personal. It makes it seem less about a grieving process and more about you trying to start shit with this one woman. And Sutton tries her best to explain this situation away. And this brings up a really interesting rumor that I was saving for right now. Dev sent me a TikTok earlier and it's from a podcast called Giorgio Says. Um, and somebody sent him an anonymous message and it said, it alludes to Sutton having a drinking problem and that she is constantly with a bottle of grapefruit juice and vodka and that she drinks early in the day and she drinks all day and that we would see an instance tonight in which that becomes apparent. So that leads us to this scene where Sutton's trying to explain the situation away or like give a stance or something and she completely loses track of what she's saying. Erica chimes in and goes, oh, and I'm the one with a drinking problem. And everyone's like, oh. And the reactions were... I was trying to read everybody when it happened because mm -hmm. the message also, 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 the message also, the message also points to the fact that a lot of the women in the group know about it and they've wanted to bring it into light and on camera, but it has not been for whatever reason. So I was trying to read them, like how they responded to it and like what their body language was. Like, did they actually know? And Dorit had a pretty shocking reaction where I was like, ooh. Like, I don't know if she knew or if she was going like, ooh, because that was a low blow. And then Erica doubles down and goes, but we'll get to that later. And I'm like, again, reading the reactions and a lot of the faces people were making, I'm like, hmm. I'm like, is there any validity to this? I myself haven't seen any red flags that I could be aware of. Does that mean she does or does not? I don't know. And it's a scathing rumor if it's not true, but... I mean, I have... All right, let me get the funny comment out of the way. Could you imagine somebody just like carrying around grapefruit juice? Constantly? Yeah. That is a peculiar thing it's to carry around. It's a weird thing to carry around. I, don't, I mean, I know that she always gets the kettle one with a little grapefruit juice on the side. Fine. It seems a little cumbersome to carry around. But I, I mean, mean, people I bring out juice. Like orange juice? Yeah, you, but to you be see walking with orange around juice. with it. I, it who Hold on. Knows. Is this any juice or just grapefruit Great, juice? Just grapefruit juice. Yeah, no, I think it's a weird juice to like drink frequently. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I honestly, I haven't seen anything, but what I will say is her, her ramblings or runoffs or whatever you want to call it. She does it all the time. I mean, I guess that could bring truth yeah. to maybe she does, but I'll give her the benefit of the doubt because I really haven't seen like anything else no, on like, the show. And I can't imagine Bravo would be like actively editing these things out when they're highlighting Erica falling down and hitting her head. I agree with that. It I just mean, seems I a little know, weird. I will say, and this is 
bullshit once again. Like, she's throwing a dangerous rumor out there. Like, these labels, like we've talked about in previous episodes, the labels can be dangerous for a multitude of reasons. Oh, see, I didn't take it like that. So, and I, I didn't watch the TikTok before mm. the episode. So, I wasn't looking for the reactions. The way that I took it was just that Sutton was being Sutton and just kind of rambling off and not really being able to put her sentences together, which she does all the time. So that's why I don't think that she really does have a drinking problem because this seems to be just who she is. Oh, no, I don't think she does either. Yeah, but I'm not saying that. When Erica said, oh, and I'm the one with the drinking problem, I thought that was just like, you know, like you have a couple of drinks with your friends and somebody's like losing their thought or saying something stupid and it's like, oh, he's fucked up. No, like I, I, I took it like that. It could be, but if I didn't read this message prior to the episode yeah. and then if Garcia or sorry if Erica didn't say later on like we'll get to that later that made it seem like oh, I thought she was talking about her own it. drinking oh, problem I don't think and, so because then she immediately said to Garcelle so that's why I was like yeah, oh I don't think she's so. she's like oh you're trailing off you must be drunk I've got a drinking problem haha what do you mean and then looks at, at Garcelle uh, right see, away I took it as her alluding to Sutton having one and then if that is the case and I, I do think it was but what really pissed me off is Kyle gets up in arms when people claim that Erica is an alcoholic and she's like, you don't put the label on it. You don't do this. You don't do that. Mm -hmm. It happens to Sutton silence. Yeah. Nobody says a fucking word and that's bullshit because if that's a stance you're going to take, whether you're tight or not, and you claim to be tight with Sutton, like you put on this fucking facade where you go out and have these lunches with her where you're condescending the entire time you're patronizing, you're talking down to her. And then in this moment where someone does the same thing that you didn't like somebody doing to Erica, you don't say a fucking word. Like that's, yeah. That's and, horseshit. And during that, that exchange between Garcelle and Erica, I, I, we see the back and forth where, uh, you know, Erica's asking Garcelle, like, did you talk to all of my friends behind my back because you were concerned for me or were you doing it to take a dig at me or to put me down? I would have fucking loved, and this would have been perfect timing, if Crystal popped in and said, were you guys talking about my eating disorder behind my back because you were concerned about me or because right. you wanted to put me down? That's a great point. Because then you get like, and this is, if we're not going to break up the faction, if we're not going to do anything with the main group, at least give me Garcelle, Sutton, and Crystal versus them. Yeah. Because like, that would have been a perfect timing and it would have been absolutely like jaw-dropping. If Crystal just jumped in and said that right away, because she's done it before, where she, I think I think they were in La Quinta and La Quinta, La Quinta. <laughs> I think they were in I think they were in La Quinta talking about this, and Crystal stopped and was like, "Oh, but you didn't have a problem with her doing that to me." So she does interject. So I thought that that would have been a perfect time for her to just jump in there because that would have been awesome. That would have been great, and I would love to see them square off like group versus group. But I guess we can have this discussion about Garcelle. Like, do we think that Garcelle was talking to Kyle, to Dorit, to Rinna because she was concerned about Erica or because she was like, all right, let's talk about Erica. Like, she's I think that problem. she was concerned. Now, does she recognize that this might be a good storyline and, you know, using this to, like, push her forward a little bit? Is that in her thought process? Probably a little bit. But it seemed genuine concern. I didn't see her tearing Erica apart during these conversations. Like she wasn't like over the top being mean about mm -hmm. it. She was generally just kind of asking the people closest to her what they thought about it, which 
if you're not going to get anywhere with them because they're just going to be like, oh, Erica. I know. And they did that, which is a bummer. But at the same time, like that's what you're supposed to do in that scenario. If you're not as close to somebody as somebody else and there's an issue, you go yeah. to those people and say like, hey, I saw this, but I don't know her that well. Are you not concerned? No. And that's, that is a good point. But Erica, I mean, Erica kind of spoke over something that did actually happen where she said, my close friends, all of these people are my close friends. And that's when Garcelle says, yeah, we fucking know you guys are friends. You talk about it every day. Don't seem to have a problem with it. However, who came to her house, Erica's house, the next day after Erica fell over drunk, hit her head, and was concerned and said, maybe you got to figure it out and stop drinking? Rinna. Rinna. Yeah. So why, Rinna did come to you with concern. So how are you going to not discredit Rinna? But again, these fucking girls, like they just, they don't ever go against each other. Would have been a good opportunity for Rinna to pop in and be like, Erica, I did come over to your I house know, but concerned, she's but that. she's not going to do that. And like, we never get those things that we might get in other housewife shows. And I mean, to the point, this could be why Beverly Hills is getting very stale. Yeah. And I agree. And like, you know, the kind of last comment, once again, Garcelle with the haymaker goes, you know, when Erica says, are you concerned? Are you trying to make me look bad? And she's like, you make yourself look bad period because you do. Yep. And like Erica like tries to kind of come back, but doesn't like, she falls short over and over again. It's like, yeah, you, you don't need her to fuck your life up. And like Sutton obviously earlier brought up the, the lawsuit that she was contacted by an attorney about a lawsuit. And then we get the whole thing with Dorit. Like, well, you think that's because you were talking about it? And then you get cutscenes from each fucking woman mm-hmm. talking about the lawsuits. And honestly, I agree with Sutton. If somebody's a liability in the group, it's fucking Erica. Without a doubt. There's no way that you can't say that. She has multiple lawsuits yep. against her for obscene amounts of money. And look, and she could be potentially tied in to like a major scam with her husband. Like, yeah, that is a fucking liability. That's and not the only definition. that, but like if one of my friends was involved in that and I had to be contacted by lawyers or contacted by media or whatever. You bet your ass I'd get my own lawyer. I'd get annoyed. I would get I would annoyed. Be like, you got it fucking like I'm not you know what I'm not close to her. I'm not friends with her. I don't know anything. Whatever. Yeah, Over. fuck this. I'm out. Yep. And that's like Sutton even says, like, I didn't say anything. Yeah. Like it was I'm out. Like I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. It was all rumors. That's what I said. And like just we we see it over and over again. And this episode really, really highlighted the faction that stands alone. And like, it's not fun to watch. It's not entertaining. They're not good for TV. Like, it's boring as shit. And they need to break it up. And whether that's getting rid of four of them, getting rid of two of them, three of them, I don't really care. And as long as point, it's not like, let's bring in Brandy. Let's bring in. No, I don't want that either. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind names. bringing in somebody like bring Denise back. Without yeah. Rinna. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's intriguing. And if you're going to get rid of Rinna and Diana, like, you're free to bring Denise back because yep. she gets along with the majority. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of wraps up the episode. We get scenes from, like, next week they finally get to Aspen. But for me, I, I don't know. Like, it, there was scenes like Kathy Hilton at the fucking homeless, not toothless thing. Like, I was in tears laughing at that whole thing. Like I, I couldn't stop laughing. I was trying to take a note and I couldn't like settle my pen down because I was giggling too much because like she couldn't, she, she opens with like, you know, the toothless and homeless. And it's like, well, no. And then none of them actually know what it is, which is so funny because it's like, all right, just figure it out. Like what do they want to be and what are they? Yeah. Like it's toothless, not homeless. Yeah. No. 
Wait, it's toothless, not homeless. Homeless and toothless. And then when she's like, and then Garcelle gets yelled at because she's laughing. Like, it is funny. It's hilarious. But Dorit gets all up in arms about it. She's like, it is a charity. And I love that Kathy's response was, look, I, I understand charities. I work with a lot of charities. I work with a lot of toothless and homeless. <laughs> And like that was great, and then Garcelle gets met, like yelled at just because she's laughing. Like Cherie's laughing in the corner too. And then at the very end, after all of that shit happens with the alcoholism, with the liability conversation, with everything, you just get Kathy in Garcelle's ear, just saying toothless, toothless and homeless, toothless, toothless and homeless, homeless, like toothless over homeless. and over again. And she's like, I, I'm gonna call you tonight, and I'm just gonna say toothless and homeless, toothless and homeless. Like I thought that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, dude, it was a wild scene. And that brings us to Shooter's favorite portion of the show, the questions portion. We got a lot of questions tonight, so hell yeah, we'll see how many we can get through. But from Renee Vallejo, thoughts on husbands getting involved in fights slash arguments between housewives? I feel a certain way about this. Um, I don't like it. I can't stand it. Yeah. I can't stand it, and I think that regardless of the scenario and... Whatever it may be, when a dude steps up and starts to address, because it's usually like a large group of women, whether you're right or wrong, it makes you look like a piece of shit. It makes you look like you're talking down to a group of women, and it just never is a good look. And on top of that, just stay the fuck out of it. It's not your business. Well, I think that, honestly, I think this question probably comes from last week's episode with Mo getting involved in the the Uh, yelling across the tables. One, Mo was high as a kite. Oh, stoned off his um, ass. He was also stoned on his bromance with PK. He's always stoned. And they were getting ready to swap wives later. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, just stay the fuck out of it. Stay out of it. Yeah. We don't want to hear in the arguments. We want the house husbands for comic relief and like lightheartedness. Yep. And the occasional bromance. That's all we need. Yeah. That's Other than that, need. fuck off. Yep. <laughs> From Alexis Good. What do you think the earth-shaking announcement at BravoCon will be? Oh, I don't... I have no idea. What's your, what's your thought? I mean, it could be that they're dropping... No, I don't think that they would make the announcement that they're dropping Housewives. Yeah, that's not a very celebratory They thing. already announced... Girlfriends in Girlfriends Paris. Girlfriends in Paris. I... You know what? We did have rumors of a new Housewife franchise. Maybe they're going to throw another one out there. Just keep throwing something that oh, sticks to the I wall. Saw, Scottsdale. Saw Inkl- <laughs> Cleveland. Why do you keep pushing for Scottsdale? <laughs> I don't know. I actually do think that probably has some traction. But how did we get here? Remember the first episode? We no, I know, but that's not the question. Oh, yeah. I think that they're going to, the earth shattering announcement is, is the real end. Housewives of Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to stick with that. Okay. Um, I think that the earth-shattering announcement is Denise Richards back to Beverly Hills. That would be a good one. That's my my theory. I just hope it's not another Ultimate Girls Trip edition. Like it's they're going to be send... another Ultimate. They're doing no, 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 no. I'm fine with another show. They're not going to take someone from Ultimate Girls Trip two and throw them. Back oh, in. oh, and I use that as the earth-shattering one. You're such a bummer with I'm that. I'm done with that. Uh, whatever. From Stacy Lynn six nineteen, what shows that you cover have you not watched from the beginning? I'll take this one, all of them. That's kind of the the start of this podcast is that we got in somewhat later, like not drastically later in some of them. Like I've seen all of Vanderpump, I've seen a lot of most of the shows, but we got into them later on. So that was kind of the allure that 
we got trapped in was, whoa, like they put this shit on TV. Like, what the fuck are they saying to each other? I didn't know that this is what they talked about. Like, this is entertaining. But yeah, we were later to the party. Uh, yeah. And to kind of jump off of that, while we haven't really watched any of these shows in its entirety, we are jumping back to Below Deck season one, which is really interesting because it was like 2013 or 2012. So it is interesting to see like the different dynamics of that. So we do have intentions of going back. It's just a lot of content to kind of take in when we have a lot of live content going on right yep. now. So we're, we're picking and choosing what we're going to cover from back then. We're starting again, like Shooter said, with Below Deck. We got that bonus episode coming next week. Um, but yeah, we have not watched all of them in our entirety, but that just gives us endless content for you guys. Oh, yeah. And like we said last week, Bravo should cut us a check because yeah. I know people are going to go back and start watching with us. <laughs> We're so. going to start a resurgence of below deck. And they're going to be like, what happened here? The Bra Bros happened. The Bra Bros. You're welcome. I, let me take this moment to commend you for reading the names correctly. No, oh, thank you. Yeah, a couple of struggles early on with yeah, that. Yeah, usernames yeah. aren't always easy to read. Oh. You know, and I don't want to get them wrong. I try my very best, but I appreciate that. Thank you. There you go. Um, Don't say I never said anything nice. (laughs) But quick reminder, um, we got that bonus episode coming next week. It will be dropping Monday morning. So you got something to listen to on your first day of work. We're doing Below Deck episodes one and two, seasons one, seasons one. Wow. (laughs) Season one, episodes one and two. Um, We're finally getting Below Deck together shooter and i i'm excited i've actually oh, I'm already, pumped i've already watched them and i think i get it i think i get why people like the show yeah i think it was a good recommendation yeah so um stay tuned for that coming soon and remember to follow us as always at um at brav underscore bros on instagram follow us at brav bros on tiktok and brav underscore bros on twitter but again thank you guys for everything for the listens for the love for uh all the interaction we get on tiktok and instagram it's it's a lot of fun we really fucking love doing this so as long as you keep listening we'll keep putting this shit out there and um that's all i got you got anything nope well that'll do it for us here that's that's it bro bros are out of here see you next week we're out bye